Hello, welcome to the Thundercast. I am Connor Sanders, joined by Kelton Jacobson, my co-host. We're back in the world of SU athletics after a very busy week uh, with all the sports getting back. Basically, all the sports. Oh my! Goodness. Everybody but football is back in, in season and, now. And football is what ten days away now. Yeah, at the time of days? recording, we're we're ten days away from oh football season. So uh, <laughs> we're excited to to have all these sports going on. We were complaining about nothing going on, and now it's all going. That's really once. how it was. I mean, what when we when I when I came on back in October, November. I mean, we were just like... Yeah, we were just speculating about the whack, basically. Exactly. That was all there was to do. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> and yet here we are, and we're... I mean, we just can't keep up. It's almost like we can't keep up. Yeah, it seemed like so. we were previewing basketball season for like... Forever. Months. <laughs> and then now it's just uh, no time to look at anything yeah. because everything's going on at once. Yep. Uh, let's let's take a quick peek around at, uh, at all of SU Athletics this weekend um, after a... As I said, a very eventful weekend where soccer got underway. Also, the women's softball team uh, got underway. But let's start with women's volleyball, who uh, unfortunately, uh, they got off to a good start last week uh, to their home conference season. They picked up a couple of wins over Montana and then had to travel to Weber State, who's one of the top teams in the conference. Kind of got... not taken to the cleaners, but I mean, you, that's a very good team. Weaver State's a really good team. Yeah. They got swept in both games, mm-hmm. so 0-6 uh, in terms of sets up in Ogden. Tough blow for Coach Hoyer and his squad, but at the same time, that was that team finished second in the conference tournament. They were the only ones that really had any chance against Northern Colorado. So Yeah, yeah, and they're, in, they're undefeated so far this season as well. So, I mean, only six matches in, but still. Yeah, they will be back home uh, this weekend, actually. Um, in the America First Event Center. So best of luck to them as they continue their season. Uh, also want to give a shout to Gymnastics, who put up a very spirited attempt to knock off perennial rivals BYU from mm-hmm. the top of the MRGC perch. Uh, lost 197.075 to 196.550. Uh, what went wrong there, Kelton? You know, BYU is solid. BYU is an extremely solid team. They, uh, it, it almost seemed like every time SU would put up a, a, a 9.9, BYU would counter with a 9.925. I mean, they are just a really, really good team. With that said, SU definitely had a couple blunders here and there, and, and Coach Scotty, he acknowledged that after the match. I got to talk with him a little bit, um, and he says there's just little mistakes that we, that we got to fix. And, and really their main focus moving forward is, is following up their 9.9s with 9.9s. Because against BYU on Saturday, or excuse me, Friday, they were following up 9.9s with 9.5s. And you can't do that. You can't do that, especially against a team like BYU. BYU doesn't drop points. No. So tough matchup this weekend as well um, against Utah State. They just beat Utah State, so Utah State's going to be hungry um, to kind of regain their MRGC standing uh, over SUU. But uh, Utah State's got to come down here, and they had 1,100 people at that last meet. Yeah. So, so they're uh, gymnastics packs the gym as much as possible. Yeah, as much as socially dis- as social distance will allow. Um, it's interesting you talk about SU as they go into their last meet of the season at home. They still got a few meets left. They got three road score chances uh, if these meets at University of Denver. And uh, and the University of Arizona go through as mm-hmm. is expected. 
but there's only two more conference meets, and then uh, March 20th is when the MRGC Conference Championship will take place. Carly McLean will be looking to qualify for the national event, and SU, I think, has a very good chance of, uh, of competing against BYU at that event. I mean, they were ranked as high as number 15th uh, a couple weeks ago at – uh, number 18 by the time they they took on BYU so I mean this is a huge season for SU gym mm-hmm. I think they will keep it going um it's crazy to think that a, uh, a season's already coming to the end I know <laughs> uh so quick it happened too fast yeah um, well let's let's move to a couple of teams that just barely started then uh SU soccer uh their first game against Gonzaga was uh canceled dude i think just the teams didn't want to play it <laughs> yeah it was just they're like this mm-hmm. is gonna be too much of a headache and mm-hmm. it could go wrong at any point so they decided just to kick things off against dixie uh, on sunday uh coach kai edwards got a draw in his first result his first competitive result at suu which continues a streak that uh, he's had at several institutions now i saw on twitter uh that he's not lost in his opening game in something like seven years so wow uh Good on Coach uh, Edwards for that. Kate Shermer opened up the scoring for SU with a nice little, off a nice little pullback cross that she scored off of a, a two touch finish. One to set her up right near the penalty spot and then just banged it home near post. Uh, so uh, I thought it was a really solid performance for SU. They they lost a, an, an important defender to injury and kind of had to revamp the game plan after that. But solid showing for SU and they they start uh, they actually have a long layoff until their conference season starts but i think they're trying to pick up some some other games mm-hmm. uh before then but anyway con- congratulations to to them to i mean dixie state's a very solid team as as good as there was in d2 and as you struggled a lot last season so that's it's a good building block uh, to get that result um and then softball also started this weekend they just picked up their first win last night well, tuesday night uh against dixie state after they went oh and five in the UNLV Running Rebel kickoff tournament, which had some of the top teams in the entire nation. Yeah, in the country there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had a, uh, a really nice showing uh, yesterday against Dixie State. They won 12-6 to um, and had a monster second inning. SEU, they can they can really score, the, score their runs. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just a heavy offensive team. Um, but what they struggled with, from what I read most uh, in, in Las Vegas, was they just couldn't keep the other team from scoring much yeah. either. So, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to SU softball. I mean, one of the teams that surprised a lot of people last year when yeah. they beat those never Power really, Five teams never really got the chance to take mm-hmm. off. Uh, we'll have more softball actually for you later in the pod. Let's let's jump over uh, to our main stuff for today: the men's and women's basketball teams who are now really in the home stretch of conference play, which which seems insane to say. Um, men's basketball picked up a couple of pretty easy wins over NAI opponents last week, kind of just to keep sharpness uh, more than anything, just to keep the guys active. Yeah. Uh, they now face Sacramento State this week, uh, whose last conference game was against Eastern Washington on February 1st. They had a string of, they were actually able to string a bunch of games together uh, early in the conference tournament season and then, or in the conference play excuse me, and then uh, lost a few games in a row now due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, they were able to reschedule a couple of games against Cal Baptist University, and they won one of those and lost one. So, okay run of form for Sac State. They are pretty much middle of the pack in everything mm-hmm. in the conference. 
what are your thoughts on the Hornets, Kelton? You know, they're seven and six uh, so far on the season. They had, you know, one of the stronger openings to um, conference play. Of course, when you're when you're playing Idaho, University of Idaho, that might happen. University yeah. of Idaho still winless on the season, by the way. But yeah, I mean, anytime you get those those games canceled, it, it is kind of it, it hurts your flow. And um, good for them that they got those games against California Baptist rescheduled. They have a big guy down low in Ethan Esposito who is averaging close to eighteen points per game, close to eight rebounds a game. Um, really, really similar to Eastern Washington big man Tanner Groves, just not as good as a of a shooter from the field, um, or excuse me, from the three point line. So. I'm anxious to see how SU matches up. I mean, that seemed to be SU's kryptonite so far this season is when bigger players can establish themselves down in the post. SU struggles to counter that. Now, Esposito's only six foot seven. Um, I mean, you, you probably are going to start Madunich out on him, and then after a few minutes, you're probably going to transition to Maze over on him. So, yeah, Maze is probably your best post defender. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say Vaughn probably is the like, you know, if you need a, a post stop, that's probably the guy you'd look to. But over the course of a game, I feel like Maze is probably going to get more stops. Like mm-hmm. like in one possession situation, I think Madunich, just because he's big and uh, he really does a good job of not letting his guy get position. Um, Maze kind of, Maze will let you get position, then he'll pull the chair on you yeah. or, or he'll steal it from you or, mm-hmm. or beat you to the spot and force a tough shot. Um Nice part about Maze too is that he doesn't give up offensive rebounds either. Yeah, uh, I he's mean, ferocious. even though he's he's given up a couple inches down there, I mean, he's always in the correct position. Almost, yeah. I don't want to compare him to Dennis Rodman, but like he just knows where to be when the he ball reads, goes up. Yeah, he reads the shots really well. I, I think Esposito, we might see he has a little bit of a face-up game. They might try and and like have him uh, post up from the short corner or, or face up and try and do stuff from the elbow and things as well. So that'll be. Uh, I don't know if it'll just be Yvonne or just Maze. I, I would guess Maze and Harry will probably share the bulk of, of trying to slow that man down. But honestly, to me, this kind of reads as like a game SU should should pretty well take care of if they are serious about being at the top of the conference. And at this point, it's really hard not to take them seriously given how the rest of the conference season has gone. Weber State just uh, took Montana State to the cleaners <laughs> over the weekend. Um, and now, really, it looks like SU has a very good chance of uh, extending this great run of form they've been on all the way to the conference tournament, maybe even uh, to the NCAA title or NCAA tournament bid at a title. Can you imagine an <laughs> NCAA title at SU? I think I, I think Connor too. It's it's important to to recognize that those those Montana and Weber State games. I mean, Montana State was on a huge, huge, huge tear uh, into the into the conference ter- er, season. But with their loss, I'm curious now, I'm trying to pull up the standings to see where they currently sit conference because if SUU can get outside of Montana State and uh, Weber State's bracket, I think that's huge for them. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, it looking at the conference Standings. Eastern Washington has is in first place because they just have more games under their belt. They have nine and two, or they've played eleven games. Where SU's only played eight. You need eight to get into the conference tournament, so SU's good on that front. Um, but the T-Birds are have played the fewest amount of games uh, of anyone in the conference at this point, uh, tied with Portland State for only eight games played. So they've had some bad COVID luck, and uh, 
I think back to that Montana State series that got canceled and that oh I really lament gosh. that. That would have been a really great that been uh, huge. <laughs> back and forth battle. And if SU could have claimed a couple of those games, then they would be in an even better position. Mm-hmm. But really the losses, to you've lost twice so far this season, one to Eastern Washington, one to Weber State, who are the teams ahead and behind you uh, in the conference standings. So to me... It's it's really those top three. You got Weber, SU, and Eastern Washington. Montana State kind of hanging around the fridges at this point. They started out 6-0, and but they've lost four in a row now. Um, Idaho State's also kind of sticking around. Uh, that seemed like the ultimate one and one <laughs> That would have gone one to SU, one yeah. to Idaho State yeah, if they yeah. had played those. Mm-hmm. So um, as they move forward, I, I think that they're really in the driver's seat. They kind of control their own destiny. If they keep winning, uh, they don't have any really – super tough opponents on the rest of the schedule. Sac State might be the hardest game that they have yet to play. Yeah. Uh, NAU is really not going to be much. And they also finally get to play home games against a good team for the first time in a while. So the crowd will actually be into it involved. I think SU should really take both these games. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look to see when the last time SU played at home. It was that Weber State game. I mean, they played at home against uh, St. Benedictine and Benedictine. Yes, and uh, San Diego Christian. So, yeah, it's been since Weaver State, which is almost going on a month, pretty close to a month. So, really, really excited to to yeah, to get the T Birds back in the, for a competitive game. With the way that that gymnastics meet was popping, I'm sure that oh my the, goodness, yeah, you're right. Basketball fans will be will be ready to go too. You're right. Uh, a few stats to point out to you as uh, as SU gets ready for this big matchup. Uh, Tevion Jones is leading the conference. Is he leading the conference still? Uh, no longer no, no leading longer. the conference in scoring. He's he was fourth or fifth now. He's he's falling down uh, the points per game charts, but still having a heck of a season. Maybe even a chance to get on one of those all conference teams at the end of the year. But over the last five games, Tev is averaging nineteen point two uh, points per game, which is actually uh, it's better than his season long figure. But uh, in terms of Tev's performance, is actually been kind of an up and down few weeks uh, I'm, I'm talking about his last five conference games not the NAIA games those mm-hmm. don't count mm-hmm. um, but just looking at a stat line they had he had 17 in the win against Weber and then nine in the loss 27 in the win against Eastern Washington only 13 in the loss 30 in the last in the last win against Idaho 17 in the last win against Idaho so he's been kind of on a, a one good game and one bad game and as 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 he's gone SU has kind of gone so it'll be interesting to watch his performances uh Man, when he's going, SU are really hard to stop. But uh, when he can't get his own shot and that's not falling, the offense does tend to stagnate. Yeah, a little bit. You know, he's shooting at pretty fair clips from the field, 43%, um, and also shooting 36 from deep. So, I mean, he, he keeps you honest. Um, yeah, it's but, hard to knock him. But, when you, but, yeah, when he's cold, he's cold. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's not just kind of cold. He's he's very, very cold. and. And it's interesting with Tev, he doesn't get his shots really within the offense. He's mostly an ISO scorer, which is fine because yeah. it's worked so far this season. Um, he gets a lot in transition as well because he's, he's really just so long. Yeah, He's so much longer than anyone else in the conference is what it seems like. So, um, yeah, he'll he'll be key these next six games if they all go through to – you got to – or you don't have to, but you want to win out. And uh, he's got to get on a roll. So when he gets into that conference tournament, he's not – Slow by any means. Yeah, if SU get these next two, it basically secures a first round buy for them, and that's massive because mm. no team since SU joined the conference in 2012 has won 
Big Sky Conference tournament without that first round bye, and you got to finish in the top five to get that. Uh, so right now, SU in second. Uh, the teams behind them are either tied or one game or two games back. And Sac State's one of those teams that's buying for the top five to get a buy. So these are huge games, um, huge games I think SU should be in control of. A uh, couple other things to point out. Uh, against Big Sky opponents, SU has had more turnovers than assists in five of uh, the eight games that they've hmm. played against Big Sky teams so far this season. I know that passing and, and ball movement has been huge uh, for Coach Simon and his crew. Uh, but at times, they still have, have kind of mismanaged that. And I still th- I think that's the, the area that they need to hone in as the season winds down. And something, maybe one other area that they need to maybe tighten up a little bit or just if they improved here, they'd basically be their... Uh, their like final version, their like cell perfect form or whatever. Uh, in in games where she was shot better than twenty five percent from three this season, just twenty five percent, just hit one in every four. SU is thirteen and one. Mm. They that's a great. They stat. have been <laughs> so good when they have just made one out of their four three pointers. They mm. don't even have to be that good. And when shots are falling, they are so so hard to stop. When they they lost to Eastern Washington, they shot like. 20% from from three mm-hmm. and when they lost to, to Weaver State it was something like 22% so just getting a, a one in four clip that's all they need and if you make sure that Tev or Mays or, or, or Dre Marine or one of those uh, one in four you're probably going to make one in four of, uh, oh, of yeah. those three guys getting open looks so mm-hmm. keep making those shots and SU will continue to win um, but yeah let's, let's hop over now to uh the women's basketball team, as the men will host Sac State, the women will travel uh, to Northern California to take on the Hornets. The big thing to watch for the women's team is not necessarily even how they do. It's just that they get games at all. They need to play. They just need games. They need to play conference games. So the the limit that the Big Sky has set is eight. You need eight games uh, to qualify for the conference tournament. SU have played five conference games so mm-hmm. far after playing one of two at Northern Colorado because of uh, some rumored pettiness. Um, so SU have Sac State, NAU, and Portland State left on the schedule. Stack, Sac State's by far the worst team in the Big Sky. Uh, has also been one of the most COVID-diligent teams in the Big Sky because they've played 18, 18 games already. 18 games, I know. Uh, which seems like an anomaly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So SU will get the chance to take on these 1-17 and 17 Hornets there. Really, they just need these games. They just need them to happen. Mm-hmm. They will most likely win, and they should win them handedly. But uh, all that matters is that they get the three more games. Yeah, they need three more. I mean, it, it's it seems like such an easy thing, but you just never know. I mean, they SEU was in Greeley, man. They were in Greeley. They yeah, had they already played, game, played one. game one, and then Northern Colorado says, "Hey, no, we're, no thanks. We're, we're not going to do this in, for game two. Um, I did we even get to talk about that game one by the way at, at, in Greeley? No, we did not. What a performance by yeah. the way! They were down with like two, not two, maybe five minutes left. They were down, and they just they were like, "No, we're gonna win this game." And they came back and they they won by a seven seven points. Yeah, just an stuff. Excellent, excellent performance. Uh, Sharita Darty, man, uh, nineteen points in that game, six boards. She's she's a killer. Really stepped up, yeah. She's a killer so far this season. Yeah, she's great. I, I'd say SU's most important player. Her and Dari. Uh, Liz, you know what you're going to get from every single night. 
Well, well not lately. Not so well, much lately. We'll, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll talk about that, but let's talk about these standings so, real quick. The standings look super funny for SUU because yeah. we're in fourth place. I say we, I mean SUU's women's basketball team is in fourth place with a 3-2 and two conference record. Everyone else in the conference has already played at least 12 games. Uh, SUU have played five. That's so, insane. So really a pretty unknown quantity at crazy. this point uh and i feel so bad for them because even when they have been fully healthy and have not had covid stuff the other team has or whatever mm-hmm. it's just been uh of all the teams to get hit by covid su has far by far been hit the hardest having even played half as many games as the rest of the conference mm-hmm. but because they've only played a few games and they've been against decently favorable opponents they are standing at fourth place which means if they do play these six games against teams that aren't, I mean, in, in terms of standings, aren't as strong as, as some of the teams that they might have missed, uh, they could very well end up getting a first round bye. Is it the same, uh, Connor, do you know, in the standings? Is yes. it win percentage that I believe determines your percentage? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah. I think it's, they will like have tiebreakers for if you played more sure. games. You know? Sure. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, you got you got six you got six opportunities to get three games. You just need to go fifty percent. So, uh, we I, I I hope that I hope I really hope that happens, man. This team is so fun. Um, they've they've demonstrated on numerous occasions that they can just put the ball in the bucket. They yeah. can outscore you. They have the number one offense in the conference. Yeah. Um, at least they did. Small I haven't rechecked on that. But do you want to do you want to talk about you want to talk about Liz? I think, I think yeah, we need to talk about Liz. Liz has been solid. Uh, she's been solid this season. She's been, I think, SU's best player, uh, just on the the broad scale in terms of just season wide, who has been the number one player. It's, it's got to be Liz. Uh, but she's one of the better players in the conference too. She's one of yeah. I think she's probably a first team contender for all Big Sky if she had a, a bigger sample size. The issue is that over the last few games she has struggled a little bit. Uh, she went from the top scorer in the conference outright to now being uh, kind of falling down those rankings. She had a, a really tough performance in, was it the second Weber State game that she only scored like eight points or mm-hmm. something? Um, yeah, I, I think it's just a blip though. I think she's just uh, has had a, a bad little stretch too long though for her. She's way too consistent and is way too crafty to not to not be okay. Uh, but over her last two games, so she only had six points in the in the Northern Colorado game and only managed one in that uh, the little excursion to Arizona State. Yeah, it, it's been I don't know. It's been it's been a little uh, funny to see her her minutes as well um, in that Northern Colorado game because Northern Colorado was in it. It was a tight game, and but Liz wasn't on the floor all that much um she she only played 16 minutes in that game and then against arizona state she only played 17 minutes and yeah. and she wasn't in foul trouble uh so it, it just it, it kind of is it kind of makes you wonder like what, what's going on is she okay um but with that said i agree i mean when she decides she wants to put the ball in the bucket she does and she was the number one leading scorer for the majority of the season in the in the big sky um i i'm just i, I want her to continue to put up 18 points a game yeah. and not <laughs> not put up one i mean it suu they have weapons but 
Liz is probably the best one. Yeah, I mean, when you look at her just game by game, here are her point total, totals over the last however many games. 14, 12, 33, 18, 21, 18, mm-hmm. 6, and 1. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're setting the precedent for yourself as high as that, where you're scoring, basically, you're getting 20 in your sleep when yeah. you walk out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a huge drop-off. I mean, we don't really know. There could be something going on off the court or something or some personal issue she's having that, that maybe made those couple games tough. I would say based on just what we've seen and the the girl we've seen uh, in post-game interviews that's super feisty and you can tell that she's mentally very well prepared. I think that she'll be able to bounce back okay. Yeah. But, uh, I hope so. I hope you're right. I, I really, really love watching Liz play ball because she's, she's really, really good. She She's really good. Really yeah. good. Uh, I, I am... Uh, obviously very, very happy with uh, Dari's steady presence. I feel like she's uh, a really, really a good staple for this team. Um, and then we mentioned her earlier, Sharita. She's just come on so strong this season. She's averaging 12.9 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game. She's shooting 48% from the field, 39% from three. So really, really good clips. Those are, those are all college career highs, by the way, yeah. uh, for Sharita. So um, she's been... Over the last two games, maybe three, she's probably been SU's best player. Yeah, I mean, close to 50, 40, 90 mm-hmm. percentages this mm-hmm. season. She's been one of the best at getting to the free throw line in, in the Big Sky as well. Terrific defender as well. Yeah. Uh, another all-conference type performer, in my opinion. Uh, it just sucks that the, she has a small conference sample size. I know. Anyway, any final thoughts on uh, on everything, Kelton? On everything? Before we move our, on to our final segment here. No, I know. Uh, I'm excited to get some conference games this week for, for both basketball teams. Yeah, it should be a good time. Well, um, for our last segment this week, we want to extend a warm welcome to our special guest here, Sean Fagan, who is a sports and opinions writer uh, for the Daily Wildcat at the University of Arizona. Uh, brought him on to talk a little bit about some softball because SU has a big matchup um, with the University of Arizona at the Hill and Brand Invitational oh, yeah. this weekend. Uh, so, Sean, thanks for for joining the show. University of Arizona ranked number four right now in the national rankings for softball. Um, why don't you just walk us through through this team? It seems like a really talented group. Yeah, definitely. Well, first off, just thank you very much for having me on. Excited to be here. Shout out to all the folks out in Utah. So yeah, obviously right now, I actually did a press conference with them last week and I titled it Championship or Bust because we all have the feeling right now with this team is that it's all or nothing. Okay. And I honestly do think though that they're set up for that because when you look at this roster, 10 out of 14 of the women that were there last year are coming back. Their highest batting average, basically the best player. She's coming back. Also, we added a player we had a couple years ago, uh, Deja Malipola. She's actually been with Team USA as their catcher for the past few seasons. So, yeah. So, we got like premier (laughs) Olympic talent coming back to this team as well. And then, honestly, when you look at the team from those that we lost last year, they committed 30 errors, but when you subtract the players that are no longer there, it goes down to 26. Now, I know some people may think, oh, that's only four errors. That's not really a big deal. But when you think about it, one error is not just one run. It could be three runs. It could be spread out throughout multiple games. So even with the players that we have lost, I'd say that we're still in a really good position to make a run. And we did have our tournament with Texas canceled a couple days ago, but okay. still think this team's ready to go. So will this be the the first games of the season then for the U of A? 
Yes, it actually will. We are going to be starting it off with all um, these teams. We've got, I think, four games, and I believe we even play uh, Southern Utah twice. It's yes. a weird double. It's a weird double header format. I'm going to honestly say, like, I am not used to seeing something like this. But yeah, so we open the season with you guys, Southern Utah. Um, the 19th and then that later that day we play New Mexico and then the next day we play okay. New Mexico again and then we play Seattle but then we got you guys again later in the week again yeah, on, on Sunday. Sunday so it's it's really spread out it gives each team time to size the other one up and figure out any mistakes they may need to make up for in the next few days yeah I mean obviously Southern Utah a much smaller program um, and one it's really kind of finding its footing. Um, it's a young program, really haven't had softball uh, in, I mean, for too long since really we just joined the, the Big Sky Conference. So uh, it's interesting that we we get to get kind of punch above our weight against these really big schools. Uh, we actually started the season off against the University of Washington, who's number two in the country right now at the UNLV Rebel kickoff and, uh, you know, gave Washington a run for their money. We put up 13 runs on them. Um, and had some competitive games with other big schools, even last year uh, before the season was canceled as you got a couple of wins over power five schools. So uh, this is a, a team really on the up and up and uh, a chance to compete against a top institution, especially in a year like this, where you never know if you're going to be able to compete at all um, is really, really fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the squad. Um, I got to introduce you to some of the, the players you need to look out for though. Uh, this weekend is, as you go to this Hill and Brand tournament and take on the University of Arizona, Josie White uh, is a player I wanted to to call out. She's a catcher slash infielder uh, who is a redshirt sophomore right now. She is batting uh, 381s her average. Uh, and so in the 21 at bats that she's had so far this season, she's hit five home runs. Uh, <laughs> wow. So she's got five home runs, 12 RBIs, eight hits and a, and a double all in just 21 at bats. Her OPS is 1.5. So uh, she's having a ridiculous start to the season. I don't know if she'll be able to keep it going against the top quality U of A pitching, but uh, she's been off to a fast start. And there's a couple other players uh, like Michaela Wetton, who's having a very strong start to her season. She's uh, hitting 444 right now. Uh, also has nine RBIs on the season. So for a smaller institution, I think that SU can definitely at least put a scare into these bigger Pac-12 schools. Oh, yeah, definitely. The one thing I always love about sports is that it's unpredictable and you never know what can happen. So when I did look over the roster for Southern Utah, one thing I did notice, though, was Hannah Pace. I believe she was yes. one of your best players last year. She is gone. She was a 341 batter, seven RBIs, home run, triple, which in softball is very difficult to do as well. But when I look at this team, I see that many are returning, including one of your best pitchers, uh, Grace Owen, that went yeah. two and O last season, 4.2 ERA. So even though this is a new and young team, because I did see a lot of um, freshmen and sophomore on the roster, yes. when you have new and when you have younger players, they want it more than anything because they always feel they got something to prove and that it's something that they have to step up and, and show the rest of their team that they can handle it. I will caution you though, because one of our best pitchers, um, Mariah Lopez, 1.3 ERA Ooh. and she went 11 and two and she's coming back. And then our best hitter, uh, Jesse Harper batted 395 with 10 home runs, 29 RBIs, three doubles. She's coming back. And when you look at 
the way everything else stacks up too. like one of our other best pitchers, um, she threw for 1.92 ERA nine and one are the, our third best pitcher, uh, Hannah Bowen. She had a 3.0 ERA went two and zero. So I never, as I said before, of course, anything can happen in sports, but we finished <laughs> yeah. 22 and three last year. Uh, easily one of the best teams in the country. The entire core unit is coming back. I and mean, you go down our averages, uh, Alyssa Paul Cardoza, 373, Rena Caranco, 360, Malia Martinez, 333. Yeah. So as I asked her last week in the press conference, um, Palmino Cardoza, she's like, we're ready to go. Everyone's back and we're going to come out with that heat. And I'm like, yeah, they definitely got a lot of heat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a super talented group. Uh, as you read down the line, I mean, SU would be happy to have one player uh, with those kind of stats year in and year out. But um, as you mentioned, the the fact that that's, this is a younger team, this is also a team full of transfers. Um, a lot of players. I did with, see that with a lot to prove. A lot of people coming from JUCOs. In fact, the the coach Don Don Williams uh, was the JUCO basically like God. She was like the best uh, JUCO coach um, at the College of or uh, at College of Northern Idaho. You might have to check me on that. The one that's in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, Don Don Williams was fantastic coach there. She won or she was like a perennial JUCO national champion contender, and uh, she's really emphasize development here so as SU they get to experience playing against these really great teams and seeing like this fantastic pitching when you mentioned those uh the ERAs and things uh, it's a very intimidating prospect but Sean is there any way that SU might be able to to find a crack and, and somehow sneak a game from U of A do that does the team have any weaknesses they might be able to exploit so here's what I will say um, this is going to be probably unilateral with many other teams, but U of A just announced that we will have no crowds to start the season. And as we all know, when you go into another opponent's stadium, one of the toughest factors is the crowds. Yeah. So that will be missing. So you always have to give an advantage to the away team when there's no crowd because you take away the noise factor, you take away basically the 10th player on the field. So I would say that is going to be something that will definitely be in Southern Utah's favor. Another thing I would say is they need to start early. I would say scoring early on is essential. First, second inning are going to be really key in these games because one of the advantages that Arizona has is because so many players bat over 300 they're on base so often and they score so early on. I mean, yeah. last year our team was putting other teams away in like the fifth and the sixth inning. I mean, some of these games would literally be ending early because they would crush them so early on. So yeah. early start is definitely what Southern Utah is going to need. And then, as I said before, uh, with both teams, really, you got to minimize the errors. I'm sure I know that Southern Utah is not really a big error team. And as I said, many of the players that you lost from last year actually took some of the errors with them. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be all about defense. It's going to be the fly balls. Are they going to, are they going to be caught or minimize those home runs? Got to play solid along the third baseline. Cause we got some quick players as well. They can really outrun some of those short ground balls. So like I said, hot start, play well on defense and use the non-crowd to your advantage. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It should be interesting to see, especially because this will be the last of the six games played over the weekend. So I imagine that most of the usual pitchers will be pretty well spent. Uh, so we might see some, some people that don't really 
see too much time on the mound, uh, get some extended run there. So maybe maybe that plays into SU's favor. Maybe uh, we get we'll probably get the best that you the U of A has to offer in the first game, and then maybe the worst in in the second. Oh yeah. One. So maybe they can sneak up on them and uh, and surprise that that second pitcher and uh, put up a few runs. They put up 13 against uh, the University of Washington, which is no small feat. I'm sure they watched game tape on that and thought, let's cut that in half or maybe to three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, um, any final thoughts on on this series or on this uh, on this tournament in general? I would just say that I'm excited that college sports are back. Uh, I know that all these players are ready to go and that they're excited and they want to just prove to everybody that these sports can happen in a well-created and safe environment and just excited for everything. Also shout out to my boys, Ari and Jacob daily wildcat wildcat (laughs) Arizona.edu. Got to throw that out there, but honestly, Thank you. You as well, Connor. This has been fun. Excited to get to talk to some people from all over this place. It's It's been exciting. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for joining the show, man, and for, for giving us a little preview of the U of A. Um, but that will be all for this week's Thundercast. Uh, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in next week. We're going to take a, a big dive into the SU football season uh, for 2021. So be sure to listen to that. But Sean, thanks again, my man. And we'll see you next week. For sure, bro. Peace out, Utah. Epic. Epic.